Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. In 2020, millions of Americans took to the streets to protest police violence. They were met with police violence on a massive scale. Shootings, vehicle attacks, and assassinations occurred alongside these protests, often in defense of the police. And in total, at least 25 Americans died. We now know that President Trump repeatedly urged General Mark Milley to deploy U.S. military forces to crack down violently on demonstrations. Milley claims that Trump told him to have his soldiers crack skulls, beat the fuck out of, and just shoot protesters. In the end, we were all lucky. Military leaders, including General Milley, resisted calls to use their men to suppress domestic dissent. National Guard were called in to police several major cities, but in many cases, their behavior was tame compared to the militarized police who more reliably shot and beat protesters. For millions of Americans, 2020 was their first exposure to the violence the state will do to avoid change. And then, Trump lost the election. He and his followers tried to carry out a coup but failed, for now. And millions of Americans who'd taken to the streets 
mostly went back to their lives. Some were satisfied justice had been done. Others were furious to have stopped short of instituting real change. But at the end of the day, business went on as usual. A version of normal prevailed. In 2021, the military of Myanmar, known as the Tatmadaw, overthrew the elected government in a coup. Hundreds of thousands of citizens, most of them young Gen Z and millennial men and women, took to the streets. Police responded with tear gas, water cannons, and eventually bullets. The international community expressed its horror at the brutality of the Tatmadaw. But that's all they did. Over the course of several months, the military pushed protesters mostly out of the cities, and a protest movement against the military coup turned into a civil war. Now those same protesters, mostly kids who wanted nothing more than a normal life, have become revolutionaries. With homemade guns, 3D-printed rockets, and stolen rifles, they battle the Todmadaw. Some of them fight in the jungles, some of them fight in the cities, and some of them fight on the internet. This is their story. We're sitting in a large suburban home in Mysot, Thailand, a small city on the border of Myanmar. The boys singing and playing music around us range in age from 17 to 22. Their existence in Thailand is a crime. If they are caught here, they'll be forced to cross the border, into Myanmar, whose government executed their friends and sold the organs for profit. But tonight, they're playing music. We're drinking beer. Later, James Stout and I will play pool with them and get our asses just catastrophically wrecked. We met Andy, age 22 and head of the family, through his Instagram page. That's not his real name, but for obvious reasons, we can't identify him. We first met when I sent him a DM, asking if we could buy one of his photos for our first series on Myanmar. He was a bit skeptical, but I tried my best to get him to see we just wanted to give him money and promote his work. Over the next six months or so, we went from talking on the phone, to messaging almost every day, to Robert and I booking tickets to Thailand, to sitting on the top floor of their house. It used to be his landlord's office, but now it's home to Andy and his partner Sarah. That's also not her real name, because she's a citizen of a Western nation working in Thailand. The boys we talk about are his brothers, his cousin, and friends. They live in a small building across the garden, and in the daytime, they sit under a gazebo and play their guitars. The first night we met Andy and Sarah, we sat behind a bar in an unpaved alleyway. We drank beer out of sippy cups, because selling beer is still banned under local COVID regulations, but apparently the cops don't check sippy cups. We drank far too much, in fact, and the next day I woke up with a headache and a blurry photo of me, Robert, and Andy engaged in a pose which was half hug and half mutual support structure. We walked home, and according to my phone, at some point we took photos of a puppy, and, in a hopefully unrelated incident, at some point I started bleeding. It was immediately obvious that Andy needed the chance to blow off some steam. Over the last year and change, he has chronicled every stage of the coup and its aftermath. In early videos, we see joyous protests, moments of resistance and splendor in the streets of cities like Miawadi. Later, we see violence, death, and guerrilla warfare. Andy didn't have what you would call an easy childhood. Thanks in part to Myanmar's long history of revolutions being crushed by the army. People there, like people everywhere, want to be free and determine their own futures. And so each generation has its own uprising. And each generation has its own massacre. And very little progress to show for it. I was born in 2000. So um, when I was seven, 2007, there was a revolution. It's called Saffron Revolution. 
it's it wasn't it wasn't like this you know it wasn't like what happened now but like there were a lot of people that were involved in it a lot of people got killed um and a lot of people left Myanmar and came to the refugee camps in here and we were one of the families that came to the refugee camps um and yeah in Mesot Thailand yeah Andy's mother is Buma the dominant ethnic group in Myanmar due to their decades-long control of the military and government his father is Karin the ethnic group once used by the British government as soldiers. Since 1949, the Karin have fought a war in the mountains against the Tot Madaw. Their name is often anglicized to be spelled just like the English name Karen, which, given present internet trends, makes explaining the conflict sometimes awkward. Andy primarily identifies as, and was raised, Buma. His family left after the Saffron Revolution. They did not flee to escape political repression, but because the economy had collapsed. This put them in an awkward position in the camps, which were filled mostly with Karen people who had fled state violence. We weren't refugees, right? We were more like, um, how do you say, like economic refugees? You know, we go because, not because our village has been burned down and our family has been killed, you know? So then if we were to go back to Yangon, we still could find a job, we still could find, you know? Um, but then for these Karen people, like, this place is the only place that they could exist at that moment right and yeah. probably still now too so uh yeah so they said that but that, that education wasn't very good there there's the the life wasn't good you know it wasn't it wasn't it was very bad honestly yeah. it was very bad it was a lot of violence a lot of hate a lot of understandable you know like these people have gone through so much shit and so much trauma that and nothing no one is coming there to but fix that so I, they had a lot of anger they had a lot of problems um, but my, my mom said, yeah, we're going back because the education here is very bad. And um, if you go back to Myanmar, at least, you know, if you do like the thing that people do, maybe you'll get somewhere. Yeah. In the future here, there's no future. That's what she said. So we went back um, and I stayed in Myanmar for like four years. Andy had never been very political. His family was more or less neutral, tending to side with the military more often than not out of a sense of inertia. Myanmar tended to cartwheel between attempts at democracy and military dictatorship. So when the world media celebrated their first democratic elections in 25 years, in 2015, Andy was not particularly excited. Yeah, so, I, I mean, we, we did realize that there was a change in the country, right? Because um, we grew up in the military dictatorship, but then when Aung San Suu Kyi take over, took over, um, there were some changes. Like the, the phones got cheaper, the internet got cheaper. And if you look back, then you can see big, big changes. But the thing is, it was never real democracy. And I think a lot of people in the Western countries thought that it was democracy when Aung San Suu Kyi took over. Aung San Suu Kyi came to prominence during a 1988 uprising against the military, which ended in bloodshed in the streets of Yangon. And she'd been a longtime democratic activist. As Andy noted, Westerners celebrated her election as the first democratic head of state for Myanmar. She even won a Nobel Prize. But the agreement her party had made with the military gave the general significant permanent control over the government. But I think most of the people in the country knew it wasn't real democracy because, you know, the military always had 25 percent seat, 25 seats in the parliament. Right. Like they were always they were in charge of electricity, internet, all these all these big things, weapons, army, like the military itself. They are in charge of all these things and they make it very clear. 
And even with a Nobel Prize, Aung San Suu Kyi did not fight to stop the Tatmada from pursuing their decades-long wars against the ethnic armed organizations in the hills. Nor did she act to stop their ethnic cleansing of the Rohingya people. In fact, she and others in her party didn't even call them Rohingya. They called them Bengali and insisted they were illegally residing in Myanmar, despite mountains of evidence documenting a group by that name living in what is now the Rakhine State. I think most Americans, and Westerners in general, can empathize with the feeling of electing someone who promises change and then getting very little of what you'd expected. I think Aung San Suu Kyi used to be this hope that that was like the opposition against the military. But I think when she got power, um, she couldn't do all the things that she promised to do. Or like, like you know, we, we looked at her before. We looked at her as something, you know, something, hope for everyone, for, you know, for all the ethnic groups and for everyone in the country. But then when she became in power, she mainly focused all these changes for the Bama people. Well, you know, the, the mainland yeah. people, like the military was still fucking killing people and killing ethnic groups. They, did they do something, you know, like, so then for the ethnic groups, what's the difference? And so, while Andy was hopeful that his country might take a better path, he was not exactly convinced that things were going to get better. Conflict within his family eventually pushed him to make the decision to leave. My dad was very abusive. Right? He would beat the shit out of my mom every day like that. It was fine. Like, it was fine when, I, when we were younger. We couldn't do anything. You know, we just kind of watched it, right? But the older we got, the more we involved, the more we tried to stop it. Um, but then we were fight with him too, you know, and that, so at some point it became too much. And so I left my home, uh, I think in 2016, uh, just by myself. And I was like, I've been to Mesat. I will go back here, you know. So Andy lived across the border on his own for more than five years. He'd fallen in love, gotten a home of his own and set himself up in the sort of odd jobs you can do without papers or legal residency. And that's where things were for him when the Tatmadaw carried out their coup in early 2021. 2021 February 1st I was in Mesad I, I was here and um, yeah in the morning I woke up called me my girlfriend and uh, she said the military just did a coup in your country you should call your family the military claimed voter fraud and used that as the pretext to stay in power it's a situation that should be unsettlingly familiar to most of our audience for a while safe in Mesad Andy watched it in horror as he texted with friends and family across the border they arrested Aung San Suu Kyi and all the big leaders right at the top. So we were kind of like, okay, are, is someone going to tell us what to do? And especially for us, we didn't have any experiences. We didn't know anything about any of this that I'm talking about right now. I didn't have any knowledge of that. But yeah, so after, I think, six days, the military cut off the internet, like for like two days. And I've lost all contact with everyone inside, my family, my friends. And that's the night I started planning it. Like, I started thinking, oh, fuck, I should go back. And, like, and, and I saw the protest photos from Yangon. They looked amazing, right? And I'm like, I'm a photographer. I should be there and, you know, document that.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. While Andy was staring at the protest photos from the capital of Myanmar, Naypyidaw, as well as Miawadi, and the largest city, Yangon, wondering he should take his camera and document yet another rising for democracy in his home country, a young woman named Amira was in the thick of those protests in Yangon. When the coup started, Amira, age 17, had just finished high school. She was looking forward to university, and more pressingly looking forward to playing futsal with her friends. She liked to spend her days crafting, she says, making little things to gift or to keep. Like every other day, when she woke up, she spent 10 minutes in medication before facing the world on the 1st of February. Aung San Suu Kyi was her hero, she says. In our interview, her boyfriend translated for her. We'll get to their story later. But when the coup began, they lived a world apart. But they joined their whole generation in feeling enraged by Tatmadaw trying to rip the freedom their parents had fought for from them. Amira took her rage into the street. Someone gave her a bullhorn. 
because of her voice, and then she became the leader. You know, with the yeah, the bullhorn. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of stuff would you say to the bull through the bullhorn? Hello, b a s a k a r i pyoge le le a i d o n g a a i d o b o Oh, she's saying uh, this is Enfield, and then uh, this is what? Oh, uh, the 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 arresting the Aosan Suji is at Enfield, not fair. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, okay. uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. And then and then she believed that. Uh, uh, She believed in uh, what Dong San Suji said, like uh, everything is possible, and uh, we haven't do anything. We haven't studied yet, and then but uh, when we study, and then uh, we we can finish it, it, it. So everything is possible. So so that's what she believed in. So she she went on the road, and then she protested. Across the city from Amira on Kude, Miao's girlfriend woke him up. With the news that the government they'd voted for had been arrested, we're calling him Miaok here because that's his name in the revolution. Everyone has one. Amira's his baby because she's so young and yet so fierce. Miaok, if you're wondering, means monkey. These revolutionaries who have risked life and limb for each other didn't know the legal names of the people they call their revolution family because it's safer that way, and we don't either. Miaok had spent the night. Well. I'll let you hear how he phrased it. Actually, I was just like I was chilling with my ex girlfriend. You know, I was yeah. chilling, and we were, you know, you know, Netflix and chill, Netflix and chill. <laughs> like thirty one, thirty one January, Netflix and chill. I think it's a Sunday. I think it's yeah. Sunday, Netflix and chill, and we we sleep together. If you didn't catch that, they were Netflix and chilling. You know, I was literally not wake up by any louder show. I was so sleep, mm-hmm. but. But at the four a.m., there's a phone rings and I I suddenly wake up. There's phone ring from my girlfriend. Uh, her auntie call 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 her and she says, "There's a coup de feet." Oh, uh, and she wake up. Uh, she told me, "There's a coup de feet." Ah, I didn't. Uh, you you know, I I don't believe it. I yeah. don't believe it. I didn't believe it. So other than I, I check the social media. Yeah. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Oh, mail actually do this. Mm-hmm. I'm so angry, and I'm so angry. You know, I was go to down downstairs, and I told to my family, "It's good that everyone's angry." Mm-hmm. And at those times, the, uh, the internet they cut off. The next revolutionary we're going to meet is a fellow we'll call Doctor Wonder, because that's his revolution name. When the coup started, he was just waking up after a 24-hour shift at the hospital in Yangon where he worked. Doctors were some of the earliest and most visible dissidents in the protest. Their rarity, and therefore their relative value to the regime, made them a potent symbol of the pro-democracy movement. But as Dr. Wonder made clear, many older medical professionals were not at all certain that resistance was the right move here. At the morning, I saw the news. That bad news, really, really bad news for us. Because, uh, how could I say that? Uh, they broke. You know. Yeah, they broke our future. Doctors were some of the earliest, most visible dissidents in the pro-democracy protests. Their rarity and relative value to the regime made them a potent symbol of the pro-democracy movement. But as Doctor Wonder made clear, many older medical professionals were not at all certain that resistance was a right move. On that morning, 
we go back to our uh, our society, our our hospital. We our young guys, you know, uh, old professors, old consultants, they not much interest about that yeah. because they told us, um, you know, whoever rules our country is not our business. It is one of our seniors doctors from our society, from our department, pull us like that. But we reply him, no, it should be last time. If you didn't catch that, he said it should be the last time. The last time kids had to die in the streets. They didn't want another generation to have to go through the same thing. So they got together a proposal, a sort of manifesto for peaceful nonviolent resistance, and they submitted it to their seniors. We negotiated with our, uh, you know, young resident, mm-hmm. our society, and we discussed about that, and we planned to start with our one of our uh, prior movement before mm-hmm. civil disobedience. We have got a red ribbon movement because uh, because uh, we wanna try peacefully on the media. Okay, we started like that, yeah, and then uh, some of our seniors from our society, they, they were from Mandalay Hospital. Okay. okay, they accept our proposal. Mm-hmm. Yes, because uh, our generation has already passed that difficulties before. Yeah. But not your generation shouldn't accept that. Three days before the coup, TK got off a plane in San Francisco. He's from Myanmar, but he lives in the Bay Area now. Before you ask... He says that the Burmese restaurant there is not as good as the stuff back home. Uh, it's only three days. Fuck, man. Three yeah. days before. Three yeah. days before. I, I, I went back to the, to the United States and I, I wish I, I'm staying in a Yangon and uh, doing the revolution and I participate in uh, every way that I can. Mm-hmm. But uh, I couldn't do uh, from, the, from mm-hmm. the long distance, you mm-hmm. know. So, so that's all I can do for now. TK had just been in Myanmar. He had connections to many people on the ground there. His friends were there. His family were there. When the government cut off internet access, he remained able to get good international reporting on the situation in his home country. Slowly, he found ways to communicate with his friends and a growing core of the protesters taking to the streets. I, I was a Kibo fighter. <laughs> I have no idea about the politics. I have no idea about the military stuff. This is the single most common sentiment we've heard across all the revolutionaries we've met. None of them considered themselves to be very political prior to the coup. They started marching in the street because a military coup was obviously bad, but they stayed there because the violence dished out by the state was so horrific. Safe at their house in Mesot, we talked to the boys and his brothers and cousins, all of whom were living in Napador when the coup kicked off. It didn't take him long to try and join them. Then I went in, I went to Miaudi, which is across the border in Myanmar side. Um, and I was there for a week and it was, it was something else. Like I've never been to protests Now I've never been involved in any of this thing. And I never thought I would be, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. I always thought like I wasn't going to be a part of it. But when I went there, the first day I arrived, there were 200,000 people on the street protesting. And then it's like, and if this big group of people walk in streets after street and everyone coming out of their house and we have this symbol, like three fingers, 
uh, from Hangar Gang, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's like our symbol for democracy now, or our, our, our movement now. And everyone come out of their house doing that. And, you know, like giving us water, food, all, all, everything. It was beautiful. Like it, it was something else. It was something else. And then from that day, I was like, hook. I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to be a photographer and I'm going to, in this, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to take photo of these people and their stories and I'm going to share it. And that's, that's my part. That's my rule. Soon, he found friends among the protesters. Within a few days, he was feeling a feeling that so many people felt in 2020. It's a feeling you felt if you've ever been in the thick of a crowd of people filled with righteous anger and facing down overwhelmed police or soldiers. It's a sensation I can't really describe to you if you haven't experienced it, but I can say that there's no time that I've ever felt more empowered than the times I've been crushed shoulder to shoulder with strangers, toe to toe with state violence, and watch cops break and retreat. It's incredible, it's addictive, and if I'm honest, it's probably why Robert and I booked a flight to visit a stranger I've been DMing on the gram. Um, I think after three days, I, I met this group of people, young people, like students trying to be lawyers and stuff. And I figured out that they were the ones trying to organize these big protests, like 200 people, 100,000 people. They were the ones that's making that happen. So I started kind of following them, trying to get close because I wanted to get stories from them. Um, and then they became, they, and they realized what I've been doing. They've been watching like, and so they were like very welcome and they took me to this hideout that they go to. And then we will have discussions, meetings about what we should do the next day. Da, 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 da. Um, but then kind of, it's cause it's a small town, right? Slowly, I think police and military started realizing that we are that group too. So by now, you're probably wondering what that cover of Dust in the Wind is. It's a song the boys learned when they first took to the streets, but it tells a story of a previous revolution, one that didn't succeed. That's pretty good, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us what that song's about? Like, do you know what the lyrics are and stuff in English? Yeah, yeah, we, we can try. I heard the word democracy in there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's like all the lives that were lost in fighting for democracy. Yeah. Do people use it for the spring revolution as well as 88? Yeah, yeah. Because it's the same thing. You can use it. Come on, yeah. you Tell the world, and that's the name of the song. Tell the world it's called? So basically the song is like, um, yeah, they sang it in the, back in the 88 and then it's like, we used it quite a lot mm-hmm. when, the, when we were in the protest too. Um, yeah, and the lyrics are, we'll keep fighting until the end of the world for the sake of history and revolution in our blood and of the fallen heroes who fought for the democracy. Um, Oh, our dearest heroes, this is the land of, um, like, heroes. Like, yeah. And, yeah, it goes on, and then... Yeah, basically saying, like, something, like, the history went wrong along the way, but we have to fix it. Yeah. 
like the country has shed its blood and how could they commit such violence to its own people you know um yeah and yeah like they say like the the blood on the roads and the streets are not dried yet um and for the sake of these people who have died for the democracy for fighting for democracy uh for the sake of them we have to keep fighting basically yeah now in their exile they keep singing it to remember the first day of the revolution when the fights were in the street not the jungle and before they lost so many of their comrades yeah and then there was the night protest in front of the police station candles yeah oh this is they're singing the song with the same yeah it got very very heated The protests our friends were just talking about occurred in Miawadi, but the song popped up all across the country. When you played it in Yangon, did you all sing it? Uh, yeah, they, they, in Yangon it wasn't one guitar, it was a whole band. Yeah. Like, we'll have like protesters sitting down and then there's a group of people who are playing this and repeatedly there are a bunch of songs that we'll play and then there's like words that we would say and yeah. Like yeah. down. And you'll see from the footage how yeah. it's yeah. Yeah. How does it make you feel singing it now? Uh, it's scary, you know. It's like yeah. the the song is uh, the song is very real. So yeah. like at at first, um um we didn't want to play the song. It's too dark, it's too um It's too intense, right? Yeah, body, yeah body, like yeah. yeah. But it's not like the lyrics are there. Like you can see it. You know, it's like because we go, we've been through it too. So it's very intense. And yeah, I think the first time I heard it, like I heard the song, and I remember that weird feeling of yeah. Still have it. Like every time we're singing it now, like this is not one of the songs that we usually sing. Like <laughs> it's not a fun song. <laughs> But yeah. On the next episode, which you'll be able to download tomorrow, we'll talk about how the junta began to clamp down on the protests, and how the protesters decided this struggle was too important to abandon, and decided to fight back. Hi everyone, it's James here. I just wanted to note that lots of the words in this script are Burmese or Karen or Thai, and we've made every effort to make sure that we pronounce them correctly, but we're sure we've obviously made some mistakes along the way. That's not out of a lack of respect or um, out of a lack of re-recording on my part, but we did want to note that where we've made a mistake, we're very sorry for doing so. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly 
at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 